John B. McClendon pioneered it, Rick Pitino mastered it, and Bob Huggins made it an identity. I'm Justice Rohde, and love it or hate it, this is the Full Court Press. Alright, welcome back into the Full Court Press. I'm Justice Rohde, again, so glad for you to be here today joining me. Um, first order of business, March Madness has just recently wrapped up, and your 2023 national champions are, drumroll please... The University of Connecticut Huskies. That's right. A team who was ranked number two in the nation at one point. Who would have thought they won a national championship? But folks, although UConn is a blue blood of the sport, let's not take away from what they did. Okay. UConn. Let's recap this. Recap this here with me. Let's go on a little journey. UConn was at one point, again, ranked the number two team in the nation. This is before UConn forgot that they were allowed to play basketball. I know, really fun, right? So UConn went on this little sabbatical, right? They're beating a bunch of teams and stuff. And then they went on a five-game losing streak. Middle of the year. Lost all momentum they had from the start of the year. And everybody kind of underrated them including myself. I went into the tournament and I said, you know, UConn, I picked them to be in my Elite Eight. I said, this is a good team. I don't know if they can win a national championship. They went out in the tournament. They were the four seed. Their draw was 13 seed Iona. And Rick Pitino, who has been UConn's Achilles heel, if you will, for years, even going back to those UMass teams he had when he coached at Kentucky, even at Louisville, he seemed to constantly have UConn's number. Not this time. UConn went and stomped them in the first round, 87 to 63. Rick Pitino, immediately after that, fled as far into St. John's as he could. It was really funny actually like right after that game he announced he was taking the st john's job like that's how bad they beat him they chased him straight straight out of iona then they draw five seed st mary's who had just come off of beating vcu in one of the most boring games of the tournament they smashed them 70 to 55 dan hurley screaming on the sideline he's emphatic he's fist bumping his guys yeah i knew we could do it i knew we can do it and randy bennett's standing over there looking like he just looked in the eyes of medusa he's frozen like a statue i mean the dude was just standing there jaw agape like dude we're getting and we're supposed to be the guys who out muscle people we're getting out muscle by adama sonogo who hasn't even eaten for 48 hours those ramadan fasts putting that dude in a they gave him superhuman powers or something. I don't know. They then go on to face Eric Musselman's super hogs. You know, the Arkansas Razorbacks, who just come off of upsetting number one Kansas in a thriller in the second round. They were riding in high, and UConn says, um, here's an 88-65 tail whooping. Oh, woo pig suey your way back to Arkansas. Yeah, it was not close. That was a, that was a brutal game to watch. Jordan Hawkins went for 25 and... Yeah, not good game. Then they went and played Gonzaga, who had just come off of, guess what, another thriller against UCLA. Julian Strother hits a final shot. You know what they get to do? Play, they get to play UConn. 
They lose 82 to 54 in one of the most lopsided beatdowns. It looked like you ever had those high school football traditions. We had one in my hometown. We used to get a, a, a car, an old, you know, a lemon, just an old beat up jalopy. And we used to drag it to the middle of a parking lot. We'd spray paint it our color, our rival's colors, the color purple. And we'd take a sledgehammer and we would go bang, 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 smashing out all the windows, all the tires. We'd smash in the doors. We'd try to break the hood in, trying to break the trunk, trying to break the roof. We'd smash that thing until it was almost unrecognizable. That's what Yukon did to Gonzaga. Just smashed him until it didn't even look like Gonzaga. Incredible. They then go on to face a Jim Laranaga Miami team who was really hot going into the Final Four. They dismantled him, went inside early, and just kept, just kept feasting on the inside. It looked like a glutton at a buffet. Just absolutely destroying offensive rebounds, gobbling them down like they were seconds, like, like, like a bunch of leftover ribs. It was an absolute beatdown. Then they go into the fight, and then they go into the championship game. They get San Diego State, who had just come off again. They they came off. Guess what? Another buzzer beater against FAU, and UConn just goes in and smashes them. Completely dominates on the defensive end. What a job by Dan Hurley's men to go in there. Jordan Hawkins just played his way into the lottery conversation. He was shooting the cover off the ball all tournament. Uh, Adama Sonogo during his Ramadan fast while fasting. Dude literally hadn't eaten for 24 hours before the championship game. Goes in and drops 19 and 10. An incredible performance from UConn. Absolutely nothing to take away from them. Terrific job in winning their fourth national championship. But we gotta flip the they gotta flip the script a little bit and give San Diego State their flowers. I wrote San Diego State off. Full disclosure, I wrote San Diego State off at the start of the tournament. I said College of Charleston's the best shooting team coming into this tournament, not named Colgate. They played a pace that I don't think San Diego State can slow them down with. San Diego State got into a little bit of a scare with the Cougars of College of Charleston. Um, 63-57 to 57 was the final score. I honestly thought College of Charleston was going to pull that one out. They were, I mean, they were just, they were the sexy pick, right? They were the blonde girl in high heels walking down the runway. I mean, there's nothing you could do but look and just say, yeah, I want it. And San Diego State, as unflashy and as simple as they are, went in and just scraped a win out in the first round. And that's what good teams do, folks. They then go on to face Furman, who's coming off a big win against Virginia, big momentum killer, and they just grind them out. Stuffocating defense. They completely guard all the back cuts of that chin offense. And they just put the they they put the lid on them. Incredible defensive performance. Sweet 16, they get an Alabama team that I picked to to finish in the championship game. I, I picked them to lose to Houston in the final in the final. Um, I thought Alabama was gonna just torch them. And I was calling a softball game at the time. And I was sitting there, and my broadcast partner just kind of checks his phone in between innings. He goes, Oh my goodness, look at the score. And just like that, before I call, you know, a three-run shot in the in the bottom of the in the in the bottom of the sixth, I get the notification that San Diego State is beating Alabama, and I just sit back in my chair and I go, "Whoa!" I went and watched the game. They took Brandon Miller, who's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft, completely out of it. 
he looked lifeless. He looked like he had just gotten every, like, like he had just gotten told that his dog died. It, the soul just looked sucked out of him. NATO just looked completely helpless on the sideline. Perfectly manicured hair and all. Just looked completely lifeless and helpless. Incredible, incredible defensive performance. Matt Bradley took him out of the game. And he was a key all tournament for San Diego State. I think he averaged like 19 for the tournament. Then they go and face Creighton, and that was an incredible game. 57 to 56, they just grind one out again. Creighton is a good offensive team in the Elite Eight, but just again, San Diego State just found a way to win. They just gritted out a couple buckets. An 8-2 run at the end just gets them over the line. Then they go into the Final Four, and they play a pretty hot Florida Atlantic team, kind of America's sweetheart at this point. And with a second left... Jordan Bennett, mid-range jumper, butter, or as Bill Rafter would say, onions, takes the life out of Florida Atlantic. The villains of college basketball were finally pushed off the cliff. Then they get to go into the national championship game, and they have to run into a buzzsaw. They ran into a juggernaut. They ran into a buzzsaw. UConn wasn't losing that national championship for their life. Two seven-footers on the roster. A bunch of dominating interior presence. Jordan Hawkins is playing the tournament of his life. A Kemba Walker level run out of Jordan Hawkins. Talk about UConn legends. They ran into a team whose average margin of victory going into that game was 20.6 points a game. They didn't stand a chance, but they gave it their all. They threw 59 points at him, and UConn gave him 76. And sometimes you just got to look at it and say, dang, they were the better man that day. But absolutely, absolutely Big-time props to San Diego State. They played a real, really great style of basketball. They were playing defensive. They played that no-middle defense. I mean, they just did incredible job. Incredible, incredible performance from Brian Dutcher and his men. And Brian Dutcher is going to get a high-major job soon. I know, I know. Everybody's like, why wouldn't you just say it's San Diego State? You don't realize how much money some of these high-major schools have. They will throw him just money bags, money, monopoly man money, and he'll leave. Although Matt Bradley, he's going to be a San Diego State legend. I bet that campus has just been, (laughs) they've been getting torn up for the past week probably. That campus probably won't look the same after that. If a campus security was just scratching their head going, goodness gracious. Hey, college kids, got to let them live their life, right? Okay, so now that we've gotten our little recap out of the way, let's talk about some transfer news. Caleb Love, remember him? Yeah, you remember last year, Caleb Love? Almost player of the tournament, Caleb Love? Yeah, he wanted out of North Carolina. And he said, hmm, what looks good? Where can I get the most shots? The University of Michigan ended up being the answer to that one. They lose Hunter Dickinson, but their consolation prize is that they get Trey Jackson from Seton Hall and they get Caleb Love. So you want to talk about a retool? They're going to lose Jet Howard and Hunter Dickinson. And you're bringing in Caleb Love and Trey Jackson. That's not too shabby. Now, I th- I personally think Caleb Love should have went to a place like Mizzou where he would have been able to play within an offense and maybe proven himself to NBA teams that he wasn't just a shot chucker. But, I mean, he's about his buckets. So, Caleb Love, Michigan. That's a big one. J.J. Starling, North, North, Notre Dame super freshman. 
Uh, Mike Dean's retiring. He said, I'm getting on out. The destination, back home. He's going to Syracuse. Big time get for the Orange there. He's a stud, man. A six foot four, 200-pound shooting guard. He can shoot the cover off the ball. Incredible downhill driver. Watched him at La Lumiere. He was, he was tough to guard. He is tough to guard, man. He's going to be a big-time player, especially with them losing Judah Mintz to the draft. He's going to be a big-time player for them. Jameer Nelson, Jr., not Jameer Nelson, not St. Joseph's legend, Jameer Nelson. No, this is Jameer Nelson, Jr. Um, he will be spending his next season of college basketball playing for the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs, who just lost Eddie Lampkin to Colorado. And probably Mike Miles to the draft. So what a gift for them. A six foot one, two hundred pound combo guard. Big time gift for them. Jamison Battle. Minnesota's 17 point a game scorer from a season ago. He's gonna go be with Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes next season. Big time get. He's 6'7, 225. Watched him in person when he came to PBA, when he came to the vault. He's a bucket. He's a smooth-looking 6'7", 225. I mean, he is. He glides, man. Lefty shooter. Uh, this is a second-time transfer. Transfer from George Washington to Minnesota. Now Minnesota to Ohio State. He was a coveted transfer. A lot of Big Ten teams. Nebraska, Ohio State, Indiana, Ohio's, you know. Um, Michigan State was looking at him for a little bit. Uh, a lot of teams wanted in on him. They, a lot of teams were really high on him. Penn State reached out at one point. Um, but Ohio State ended up being the Cinderella slipper for for him, and we'll see what kind of spacing he can bring to a Buckeyes roster that's looking to bounce back after a pretty disappointing 2022 season. Kirk Creesa, the agent of chaos. Yes, the agent of chaos. The man who named, who took the jersey of Steve Kerr at Arizona and proceeded to tar, feather, and burn it. Uh, while he was good for them, he kind of shot them out of the tournament. Not going to lie, he shot them out of the tournament. Going 0 for 10 against Princeton does not help your case, okay? He's an agent of chaos. Um, he will take some of the most ridiculous shots on planet Earth and hit them, and then he will turn around and take an even more ridiculous shot and miss it by five feet. He's an agent of chaos. Some games he will turn up and you'll be like, goodness gracious, who is that guy? Why is he not in the NBA? And then another game you'll look at him and be like, goodness gracious, who is that guy? Why is he on a Division One roster? It's quite the turnaround, folks. Um, he's going to play for Bob Huggins in West Virginia. I love it. I love it. Love, love, love it. A fast-paced shoot-first guard and a Bob Huggins press Virginia system. I need it. I need it. It is as Bob Huggins as Bob Huggins can get. This is an incredible move. Incredible get for West Virginia. Now, I heard the NIL dealings was a new car in 825000 I don't care about the specs. You get a guy like that on campus. And while he is an agent of chaos, him in the Big 12, that's good. That's good, good cooking right there from West Virginia. Really, really pleased to see that. Um, and some other transfer news. Taron Armstrong, number two player in the portal right now. Cal Baptist point guard, 6'5". You might not know about him. Get to know the name. He's really, really good. Really good. Six foot five, smooth passer. It just reminds me of a Josh Giddy. I mean, that's the comp, right? Just a smaller Josh Giddy. Um, he has named his top four schools to transfer to. It looks like he's eyeing a big East move. 
because his top four are Creighton, Gonzaga, Providence, Xavier. He's listed at 6'5", 190, smooth-looking athlete, man. I mean, he can distribute the ball. Good shooter as well, kind of developing the jumper, but, man, he's a smooth slasher, really good distributor of the basketball. It'll be interesting to see who gets him. I think Gonzaga is kind of the outright favorite right now if I had to look at it. But, man, what a get for them. And then, yeah, that's big. Hunter Hunter Dickinson, the latest rumor on him is Maryland is favored because he, he did go to DeMatha High School. Um, Maryland's favored there. Max A. Smith is favored to go to Wichita State. Uh, Kellel Ware. In home, he's going to Alabama. He's visiting Alabama this weekend. Indiana is still the favorite there. I think Indiana is going to land him. Keep an eye out for him. He's a stud. Seven foot, 210 pound center from Little Rock, Arkansas. Big time player for them. Big time player. Okay, so let's let's update you a little bit about Tom Izzo's crew, Michigan State. Had a great tournament run, Elite Eight tournament run. They were great played a lot of good basketball, upset some teams that I really didn't want them to upset. Like, they beat Marquette. Tom, did you really have to ruin my bracket and beat Marquette? He, he, hey, he took Shaka Smart to the woodshed. I mean, smallest team in, in the tournament at that point. I mean, he took him to the woodshed. Um, he's retooling. I don't know if you know this, you watching. They got the number three overall class in 2023. Yay. Um, they bring in the number eight player in the nation, Xavier Booker, 6'10", 205. I watched his tape a little bit. He's a unit. That dude can play. Um, I don't know what his player comp is because it's kind of hard. He's more of a back-to-basket to me, but he can work in the pick-and-roll. Um my eyes instantly flashed to Shaq, but I hate comparing people to Shaq because we will never see that level of dominance. Joel Embiid's closest thing we'll see that level of dominance. Or Giannis, Xavier Booker in high school, he gave me Shaq vibes, that kind of dominance. Now, I'm not going to compare him to Shaq outright, but that's, kind of, you gotta, that's the kind of dominance we're looking at. We're looking at a dude who just imposes his will as a physical dunker. Like, he might he might be one of the most physical dunkers I've ever seen. And I've seen some dude. I played some ball now. I've seen some dudes who, who dunk the ball really, really hard. He might be the most physical dunker I've seen. Like he looks like he's trying to tear the rim off of its bearings. Keep an eye out for him. He's going to be a stud for them. Jeremy Fears. You know his Instagram handle is Fears the Floor General? Yeah, because he is a floor general. Six foot, 180 pound. Don't let the size fool you. He is uber athletic. Uber athletic. Really, really smart. Wisdom beyond his years. He is a Michigan State point guard. He is Cassius Winston. That's the comp. His comp is Cassius Winston. He's just a smart, high IQ. Little undersized, but man, he makes up for it with a lot of ball IQ. And he's a good shot maker, good decision maker. The type of guy that can start day one at Tom Izzo's program if Tyson Walker leaves. Cohen Carr. Oh, boy. Where do I start with this guy? Um, if you haven't seen his highlight tape, stop the video. Stop Stop listening right now. Stop listening. Go to YouTube. Look up Cohen Carr highlights. He is the most athletic human you will see, maybe in your entire existence. Uh, yeah, he's been affectionately dubbed. Uh, his dunks have been affectionately dubbed Car Bombs. 
he's bouncy. He jumps straight out of the gym. That is not one dude that if you're waiting on a fast break and you want to take a charge, that's not the dude you want to see with the ball. His hand's coming straight at you because you are a walking highlight at that point. This guy's a walking highlight reel, behind-the-back dunks, double between, reverse double pumps, whatever you want. He looks like something straight out of 2K. It's looking like you jacked the vertical up to 99 on the sliders, and you just let him go to town. He is bouncy, 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 but don't get it misunderstood because he can shoot the ball now. And he's a really, really good help side defender. I mean, he's the type of athlete that Michigan State needs. He's the type of athlete that Michigan State got. And then Garrick Norman out of Birdville in Texas, uh, 6'6", 180. I looked at his tape and I said, you know what? He's not impressive, but he reminds me of Matt McQuaid. He's just a Matt McQuaid guy. You know, he's just a Tom Izzo. Yeah, I'm going to turn this guy into a shooter. He's going to be a shooter. He's going to be a smart, athletic basketball player. He can go up and get some lobs, but he's more of a shooter. I mean, he can create, but his primary thing, he's going to let that ball fly from 28 feet. It's just a Tom Izzo guy. So Tom Izzo reloading. Watch out for the Spartans next year. They're going to be dangerous. Big Blue Nation. Guys, surprise, surprise. They have the number one overall recruiting class for 2023. Oh, my goodness. Let's let out a let's let out a, a gasp of shock. <gasps> no one was surprised. That's what John Calipari does. He recruits. If there's one thing he's good at, it's blowing leads in March and recruiting. Okay, I got my dig out. I got my dig out. I got my dig out. They haven't won a national title since Anthony Davis in 2012. What are we doing, John? Fans were saying John Calipari should go to Texas once Chris Beard got in that whole fiasco. What are we doing? But you know what the man does? He recruits. He brings in talent. Justin Edwards, the 6'7", number two overall player in the nation out of Imhotep Prep, the Imhotep Institute, Imhotep Charter, whatever they call themselves now. No one knows. They switch their name every three years. Um, He's smooth, man. He's a smooth-looking lefty. Good athlete, but uh, he he works in the mid-range. He's just smooth. Yeah, I mean, he's got a college-ready game. Not a whole lot to say about him. He's number two for a reason. DJ Wagner. You guys remember when Dewan Wagner averaged like 40? Like, he was going to be one of the best players in the NBA. And then, you know, he crashed his car doing some things that gentlemen do when they're alone. And so now his kid's up. And his kid is really good. 6'3", 165-pound combo guard. He's smooth. He is nice with it. The comp for me is his dad. I mean, he looks like his dad. He plays like his dad. And if he plays like his dad, he's going to average 18 in college. And he's going to be one of the smartest players in college basketball. Really good kid. Good looking kid. Just just a profile looks good. Really excited to see what he does. Uh, his high school teammate, Aaron Bradshaw, number four player in the nation. Seven foot, 210 pound center. Um, yeah, he can dunk the ball. He's a really good pick and pop guy. Shown some flashes. Really big uh, pick and roll lob threat. Uh, great shot blocker, too. Really nice verticality. Gets up off the ground. He's going to bring a lot to this Kentucky program. I mean, he's he's good, man. He's really, really good. What can I say? Okay. Now that we got the obvious ones out of the way, let's talk about Rob Dillingham. Plays for overtime elite. Rob Dillingham was originally committed to NC State. He went ahead and flipped his commitment. Now, for those of you who haven't seen Rob Dillingham, he's 6'2", 165 as a point guard. You might say, Justice, he's the number nine player in the nation. Why? He just All he does is, is dribble. You know, he dribbles, he does all these cool moves, and he shoots a jump shot. 
Let me explain to you the beauty of Rob Dillingham. Rob Dillingham, watching Rob Dillingham play basketball is like watching a great dancer dance a ballet. It's like watching someone dance Swan Lake. It's graceful, it's flashy, but it's graceful. And, it, and in the end, you reach the destination. That's Rob Dillingham. He's going to set guys up. He's a great ISO scorer. He's a great ISO scorer. Might have the best handle of any guy coming into college basketball that we'll see. He's there for a reason. (sighs) The beauty of him is his grace. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of wasted movement involved, but you got to put that aside for the moment because I think Calipari, we've seen that with guys like BJ Boston, where where it can be a little inefficient. And you're like, well, what's the point of this? What are we doing? With Rob Dillingham, give him some time because he's willing to be unselfish. But man, those highlights make you think that he could, you know, he might have to stay an extra year. But just watch Rob Dillingham and appreciate the gracefulness. And then Reed Shepard. Kentucky legend. His dad's a Kentucky legend. His mom's a Kentucky legend. Plays in North Laurel in Kentucky. He was the guy that Kentucky fans were saying, please, John, please, for the love of God, keep him in the state of Kentucky. AU teammates with Gabe Cups, the Indiana commit. Um... 6'3", 170, uh, you look at his highlights and you say, yeah, he can shoot. Yeah, he can shoot. Um, the comp for him, I'm not going to give him J.J. Reddick because J.J. Reddick's maybe the greatest college player of all time. Kyle Korver is probably the comp, although a little bit better on the ball. Like a, a Doug McDermott, but smaller is probably the better comp. And you combo guard, he can handle it. He can shoot it. He can shoot it. And then he can shoot it some more. And then if you get tired of seeing him shoot, he'll just shoot another time just to make you mad. That's what Kentucky's bringing in. So Kentucky obviously reloading. They're going to be perfectly fine for the future. Okay. The player you forgot about today, folks, is another Fort Wayne Mad Ants legend. Now playing in the Puerto Rican Professional Basketball League, ladies and gentlemen, this human was drafted 2014, number 24 is his number. (laughs) You thought. He was the 10th overall pick in the 2014 draft by the Philadelphia 76ers. I will give you five seconds to try to think of who this is. The College, Louisiana Lafayette. If you guessed Alfred Payton, congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back and give yourself a cookie because you were absolutely right. Alfred Payton is today's player. Uh, Played with the Magic from 2014 to 2018, then the Phoenix Suns, then the Pelicans, then he went to the Knicks, then he returned to Phoenix, then he was in the G League for a little bit. Now he's playing for Osos de Manati in the Puerto Rican League. Um, If you're asking me what he's averaging, he just signed there. So... He's yet to play a game. Sadness. But Mr. Alfred Payton is the player that you forgot about. Played alongside Fort Wayne Mad Ants legend David Stockton and then the guy that I really enjoy watching play, uh, Justin Anderson, and Kendall Brown. There's some backstory with Kendall Brown. We'll get to that uh, some other time. There's some backstory with Kendall Brown. Love Kendall Brown. Um, Okay. So my good friend Alex Neal suggested that I do this on the podcast. Um... This is a new segment where we're going to dive into players, like great, great basketball players, who were also good at other sports. 
I'm calling this the two-way impact. So this is the two-way impact. Today's player is a Bethel, Virginia high school legend. Hampton, played in Hampton, Virginia, Bethel High School. Was the football and basketball player of the year in 1994 in Virginia. Football and basketball. This guy was called the next Mike Vick. Um, if you looked at him, you would say, oh my goodness, how is he allowed on a football field? This should be murder the amount of ankles he's taking. I mean, this dude was saucing more dudes than an Italian chef in a pasta restaurant. If you haven't guessed it yet, it's Georgetown, Philadelphia 76ers, former NBA MVP, king of swag. Swag. The king of swag, Allen Iverson. Yeah. You guys didn't know this? He was uh, actually considering, before he got arrested in 1993 and got all of his offers pulled besides Georgetown, before he got arrested, he was actually going to consider playing football and basketball at Notre Dame or Maryland. Believe it or not, that's how good Allen Iverson was at football. You just you got to watch Allen Iverson play football, dude. He was a stud. He won a state title playing quarterback, running back, corner, and he returned kickoffs. Bubba Chuck, I forgot that. So he's a 90, yeah, 92 high school football player in basketball of the year. He was really good. He, he said, somebody said his player comp was like Aaron Rodgers and Mike Vick had a baby. If that doesn't give you an indication of the level of athlete Allen Iverson was, I'm serious. After after you're done listening to the podcast, go watch Allen Iverson's high school football mixtape. You'll be like, oh my goodness, this guy is like the second coming of not even Bo Jack. He's just the second coming of Pablo Sanchez. If you for all of you guys who played uh, backyard baseball, Pablo Sanchez, greatest athlete of all time, not named Allen Iverson. So yeah, that's our two-way that's our two-way impact guy of the week. He made a two-way impact by running his car into a telephone pole. Okay, anyway, uh that's all we have for the full court press. Uh again, if you have any segments, suggestions, comments, concerns, question marks, exclamation points, or if you just want to say hi or if you're my mom and you miss me, uh, feel free to reach out to me on my socials at JJ under, underscore Rody on Snapchat and Instagram. And until then, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Full Court Press. See you next week.